0: Back Judge Podcast. We're uh, doing a little roll here post championship games on a Tuesday. Um, great another great weekend. NFL has gone now six for six uh, in in championship weekend and divisional weekend. Great great day of football on Sunday.
1: Yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. Lee and I were uh, down at Jameson's uh, Tavern uh, in Santa Monica on Main Main Street, and that's where we've been for the. Every single great NFL game we've been there for, so uh, it, it was it got a little too loud and tribal during the rams forty nine ers game so we had to make a, a swift exit at at the half but yeah Lee and I have uh, been spending a lot of quality time together watching football, so these are the type of moments you'll cherish for the rest of your life you know 2020, yeah, and I mean, 22, uh playoff run don't don't really remember um, too many playoffs.
2: NFL playoffs that have been as entertaining um, and you know well well rounded as this one. So really, uh, just really enjoyed the whole the whole journey and really looking forward to the final game here in in a couple weeks.
0: I think it's a it's an interesting matchup not only for the for the narratives but just for the for the BJP in general. I mean, Lee and I have been carrying the water for the Rams pretty much the the whole year. And uh, simultaneously dumping yep. out the, the water for for the Bengals. Absolutely. And, and here we are. Um, a quick retrospective, I guess. Maybe on the maybe we can do a little quick retrospective on the Chiefs and and Niners seasons. Um, Chiefs, man, kind of blew it. Kinda. Right. I think I, I, yeah. Lee, <laughs> I, I went back. I think they were. It was twenty-one to three at one. point. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was. In favor in favor of the Chiefs. And uh, like we just talked about on the phone, um, the, the Chiefs almost acted like they were the ones who were down 21-3 to um, and just couldn't get things under control in the second half. Mahomes, very uncharacteristic, almost was like a throwback to what we saw earlier in the year uh, where the Chiefs were kind of struggling a little bit on offense and Mahomes wasn't able to make those uh, incredible plays that he pretty much makes on a weekly basis and um Bengals defense give them credit they stepped up and give the you know give the Bengals offense credit for not you know deviating too much from the game plan still using Mixon and uh not panicking
2: yeah i mean that was a monumental meltdown from the chiefs they didn't run the ball at all in the second half i don't think Tyreek Hill got one catch in the second half um mahomes was trying to do too much it got to a point where after he you know i think after he felt himself made a few make a few plays um, you know, doing stuff that he quite frankly shouldn't have been doing, like turning his back on the defense and spinning around back there. Um, he started to try to do it a little bit too much. And I think his eyes started going towards the line of scrimmage as opposed to down the field at a certain point um, when he realized that, that, that guys were covered. Um, and I think that was kind of a recipe for success for the Cincinnati defense. And man, I, I obviously Joe Burrow deserves all the cra- the praise that he's getting, but the Cincinnati defense really deserves a lot of praise that the interior of that defensive line played really, really well. Uh, obviously, Hendrickson played well. Sam Hubbard played well, and then Jesse Bates has been having an incredible run so far in his career. And I think he's one of the best, one of the most underrated defensive players in the NFL, honestly. Um, and this—he's also a free agent, yep. I think, too. Contract right? Well, in this Bengals yeah. secondary, like, was kind of—I mean, I'm sure what I was saying was fairly blasphemous. You know, on the season preview, th- this was this was the weak spot of their team after losing uh, William Jackson, Mister Crow, we can call him. Um, guys like Eli Apple back there and Jadobia Wuze, just kind of mediocre players. Um, at least that's what it seemed like going into the year. Have really stepped up to the plate and become a very formidable group. So Mike,
1: Mike Hilton too, I think, deserves you, credit. You got to
2: you got to tip your cap to those guys and uh, what an incredible run it's been for for a team that hasn't won a playoff game in however many years to all of a sudden go on a run like this. It's pretty remarkable.
1: Yeah. I think Lee touched on the defense. I think Burrow deserves a lot of credit. Those two scrambles on, on third down the Chris Jones one, especially where he shades of Eli Manning uh, with the David Tyree pass where Chris Jones, you know, arguably the second best interior defensive lineman in the NFL behind Aaron Donald, one of the best defensive players in the NFL can't corral him. Not once, but, but twice, obviously the second time was a little bit tougher of a, of a tackle, but I mean, man, it's on the it's on the Chiefs for me. I know Lee was on on the Chiefs. I was on the Chiefs. You listened to the episode last week that I had a rent money play. It was a rent money play. I said it was a rent money play, and the Chiefs were uh, were a leg of that, and, and it was it was devastating to watch them collapse and just to, the the tale of two halves. I think. You know, up until that, when they went for it on fourth down, Mahomes was something like 13 for 14 for 150 yards and three touchdowns in the first half, just playing out of his mind. They looked so good um, to start. And and I haven't gone back and watched, and I haven't really done too much of a post mortem, but it does seem like they got away from it. Obviously, Mahomes threw that pick uh, to DJ Reader, I think it was, or one of those, uh, or BJ Hill. Uh, And that kind of started to give them some momentum, but the fact that they were only able to muster three points, and that third, you know, that three points was a field goal uh, to end regulation. uh, It's just a monumental collapse. It's one of the all-time choke jobs, and you know that I can remember in NFL history. Um, And I think the Chiefs deserve some some criticism. I think if you go back to last year. Kind of the narratives that we were talking about surrounding them and how they would let teams stick around, and then obviously klep you brought up how they performed earlier in the year this year, uh, and, and this team really needs to look themselves in the mirror. They've gone to what is it, five AFC championships? Patrick Mahomes four, four AFC championships and hosted them too, and hosted them Most all. Four straight. Yep. Yeah. He's only won one uh, Super Bowl. He went to one last year, and this team, I've, you know, and 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 a lot of my rationale for really liking the Chiefs last. Uh, last week we talked about the the Bengals game in Week 17 and and what that role you know would play and and you kind of saw I mean it was an even worse performance from the Chiefs but the Chiefs were up in that game on Week 17 on the Bengals by 14 three separate times and could not put them away. Um, Joe Burrow just I mean he's he is as advertised. Um, the Bengals as a whole man I think we all can learn a lot from you know especially the media narrative surrounding them around coming out of from the Tyler dragons of the world and coming out of the beat reporter saying Joe Burrow is throwing picks in practice. And Oh, I don't know if he's going to be the same from his knee injury. And obviously the Jamar chase drop thing. um, You know, it's just, it's, it's, it's pretty remarkable. Uh, That being said, I, you know, I don't, we, I guess we'll save our preview for the Super Bowl, but I, I still don't really know what to think of Zach Taylor and like how much credit he deserves. And, um, you know, just a lot to think about in terms of how I'm going to evaluate the Bengals this year and, and even going forward. Yeah,
0: I did want to um offer my apologies to Zach Taylor. I, I fired him before the season even started. Said that Joe Brady would be taking his job. Um, I think you know I, I agree with you in some sense, Tommy. Where I'm still kind of like I don't know exactly what Zach Taylor does, but at some point, I mean you take a team to the super bowl, you win a division championship with you know teams like the browns and the steelers and the ravens, you know you know you get you get some credit. So, yeah, I, mean, um, I mean, think it's time to he's it's time to consider him as one of the better coaches in the league.
2: Yeah, I mean he's doing he's doing in year 3 what is it year 3 for him? Yep. Yeah. Yes. I mean he's doing in year 3 what, you know, the Ravens in the Lamar Jackson era haven't done. The the Browns haven't done obviously in the Baker era, and the Steelers haven't done in in nearly a decade. You know, so going to a Super Bowl, um, and Steelers haven't done in over a decade. So, you know, at a certain point, I I agree with Adam, where it's like, I don't really know how you can say Zach Taylor isn't a good coach at this point. I think if you coach a team to a Super Bowl, you have to be given a certain amount of credit. And you know, we'll see. Maybe there's going to be a catastrophic hangover next year, but until that time comes, um, I think you got to put some respect on them.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, it's just a, a crazy season for them, and then um, going over to the to the Niners, man, um, being up 17-7 in the fourth quarter and, and letting that one kind of slip out of their fingertips, too, uh, an, an impressive season for them as well, another team that kind of started off a little slower. You know, it was fighting for their playoff lives. I mean, they've been in the playoffs since week uh, 18 Uh, and, you know, go into uh, Dallas, win a football game, go to Green Bay, win a football game and come that close to to beating the Rams for a seventh straight time and and a chance to go to the Super Bowl and just uh, kind of floundered there in the fourth quarter. Once that uh, punt went off on fourth and two or, you know, they got the delay game and it was fourth and seven, then you give up touchdown, field goal, field goal. And your offense uh, just completely flounders and goes three and out, basically, two straight times. Um, kind of a pretty brutal way to, to end that one for them.
2: Yeah, very. I mean, we talk about the Chiefs collapsing, and the Chiefs collapse is obviously more evident and a little bit more embarrassing, I would say. But uh, the San Francisco 49ers collapsed as well. I really think that this is a team that, watching the film on Monday, you know, is like, we probably should have won that football game and uh the whole Jimmy G criticism I guess I understand but no one ever thought that this is a guy where it's like yeah give Jimmy G the ball with 2 minutes left and he'll take you there it's like yeah he's done it before and he has the, the capability to do it but you're you're kind of playing behind the eight ball if you're relying on that guy to do what Matt Stafford does to do what elite quarterbacks do that's why he's not an elite quarterback that's why no one's arguing that Jimmy G's a top 10 quarterback or you know one of the guys that you need to go out and spend a bunch of money on um Ultimately, I think that there were some coaching mishaps on both sides in that game that were pretty catastrophic. Obviously, the dropped interception was was really bad. Um, But the thing that stuck out the most to me in this game, and I'm sure you guys will sigh about this because I'm going back to my Rams love, but just the resilience of the Los Angeles Rams to be able to score touchdowns when they needed to score touchdowns, to be able to get stops when they needed to get stops, and to kind of just persevere um, through every kind of hardship and be able to stay a swingers' distance or a punchers' distance away the whole game. Never really letting the game get completely out of hand. That's something they've been they've been pretty good at doing all year, and they've really leveled their game up in the playoffs and been able to do that. Obviously, getting out to early leads has been kind of what they've done for the most part, but in this case, you know, scoring early and then facing some adversity, not getting stuffed on that fourth and one at midfield with this QB sneak with Stafford. Terrible challenge by McVay, but... Uh, that was kind of a turning point where I was sitting there like, man, this could, be, this could be it for them. But just going back and scoring a touchdown on the next drive and really just executing when they needed to execute. There, Tommy and I were talking about it earlier. I mean, and this is something Stafford was really good at with the Lions. Is like, this guy nails on third down. This team is yep. their ability to get first downs on third and six, third and seven, third and eight, even 35. After kind of having unsuccessful rushing plays, the first two downs is uncanny. Um, and if they can continue to do that, they're going to be really difficult to beat. And now, I mean, we'll obviously save the preview stuff for the preview, but they're understandably a four-and-a-half-point favorite at home against the Cincinnati Bengals team. That's kind of the uh, Cinderella. Hey, the Bengals are
0: technically the home team.
2: Are they? Yeah. Because yeah. they're a higher seed? Is that? No, I think it just switches every year. Like, Well, the Rams are at home. Let's not, you know, let's call a spade a spade <laughs> here. Um, as much as, you know, SoFi may not be the, the most raucous place, you know, fans-wise in the world. Um, it's a home game for the Rams, and you know they're in a position where uh, you know if you ask them before the playoffs, hey, you got one game at at SoFi against the Bengals to take it all home. I'm I'm pretty sure they'd all be very happy with that. So, and that's no slight against the Bengals. That's just kind of the reality of the situation. So, tip my cap to them. And the 49ers, man, I mean, they're a great team. They've got a great coach. They've got a great young quarterback. They got a good problem on their hands this offseason. It's going to be very interesting to see kind of what direction they go in. Um, Hopefully, they can lock up Debo and uh, Nick Bosa and, and keep the wheels turning because they're going to be a juggernaut for years to come here in this division, I think.
1: Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts on uh, the 49ers Rams game. Um, I think Shanahan does deserve some criticism for not going in for it on fourth and two, but then again, it's there's a bit of bias there because literally the, the next play off the punt was the dropped interception by Qu- Drew Kwiski Tart. Um, yeah, Jimmy G, I think I have to tip my cap to him ultimately, but you know, we saw even though he like in that Rams game in week eighteen, he was able to drive drive the field in those last two uh possessions, they went three and out, and then obviously he threw the pick, which I don't really put on him. He was just trying to make a play, he needed to make a play. Um but those are the, the shortfalls of, of Jimmy G that we all I think, you know, recognize in and Noah's kind of baked into the cake with him. And I think, you know, if you're gonna give Shanahan some criticism for, you know, he's 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 this offensive uh, mastermind, quote unquote, yet the there's not a lot of confidence um in his offense going forward on fourth and two. Um kind of you know, kinda of interesting too in retrospect, how they use you know, they came out against the Lions in week one and like used Lance in the red zone and there was all these, okay, Lance is gonna be like a, a Taysom Hill type for them and and then that kind of went away, um, and I'm, I'm not necessarily criticizing that, but it's just you get into those short yardage situations, and that's really a time where you think they could use a guy like Trey Lance and maybe get pick up two to three yards. I mean,
0: even the Raiders used Mariota exactly in some in some ways too. Yeah,
1: so I, I think there is some criticism to go around, but I do think Clep, you sent the tweet that Arlovski sent out about. Um, Shanahan and and the fourth quarter with those leads, and I think I think he deserves some criticism for the Falcons Patriots game, but I don't know, man. I mean, I think the 49ers... Um, you know, I, I, Matthew Stafford I think was the the ultimately the difference in the X factor, and he was able to make those throws and drive that team down the field in a way that you know Jimmy and that offense could have couldn't couldn't do, and um, and on the other hand, I think Sean McVay. Like much like I, I, I don't know what to think about Sean McVay. To be honest, I don't. I uh, I think he made a lot of mistakes in the Bucks game, and I think he made he did not coach. He got out coached. I thought against against Kyle Shannon, against the 49ers. the way he burnt. He had two awful challenges. Challenges Lee brought up the third down efficiency, and and credit to Stafford in that offense. And but why are you consistently in third and eight? Why are you He's he's rushing Cam Akers and
0: even even too, some of the uh, delay of games were, were really strange or yeah. non delay of games yeah. where you know the Rams are usually a team getting the playoff with, you know, fourteen to twenty two seconds left on the play clock. Um, and, and both sides were, were running it down to, to zero and the refs just weren't calling it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and, and I've seen a lot of you know, a lot of smart people have, have pointed out the, the inefficiency on first and second down with the Rams and McVeigh. Running both Akers and Michelle to really no avail. Um, Cam Acres had a pretty poor day against the Niners, um, and then it comes down to Stafford just being a whiz and and having some unbelievable throws on third down, which you know should not be sustainable. Whether it will or not be with with Stafford and Lovelace playing at um, remains to be seen. But on you know on aggregate, you can't really expect that stuff to uh, sustain itself. But so yeah, I, I have a lot of, you know, I have a lot. Of, I think Sean McVay is an unbelievable X's and O's guy, but when it comes to him as a game manager, um, I have I have my questions, and I I will be pulling for the, you know, I don't know. I guess I am pretty. I, I like Burrow. I like both these teams. They're both likable, but I I just hope that for Stafford's sake that McVay's, uh, you know, kind of brain farts and the way. Troy Aikman pointed out during the game, and I thought it was a good point that McVeigh seemed to be chasing that game for you know, in, in for the vast majority of that game until you know they ended up winning. And I just don't know, you know, I don't know. I just hope that it doesn't come back to bite him in the butt because I think that is a that is a valid criticism, not having any timeouts with uh, you know ten minutes left. If you're going up against a good quarterback, if you're going up against Joe Burrow as opposed to Jimmy G and a guy who can drive the field, or if the 49ers were able to drive the field that would be all everyone is talking about, um, you know, on Monday on Tuesday is how McVay, you know, managed that game incredibly poorly. So, um, in the end though, kudos to the Rams, kudos to you guys for, uh, for having the foresight and, uh, and it's, it, sh- it should be a really interesting matchup.
0: And yeah, it was, uh, it was, a, it's a great game and, uh, Man, just I'm I'm super impressed with Stafford too. Like first season, you know, with the Rams, and, and you're in the Super Bowl. It's uh, pretty pretty incredible.
2: Yeah, I also want to say too, um, from Stafford's standpoint, like nothing he's doing is surprising me. This is yeah. a guy who, maybe I was a little bit over myself, but I thought this guy was a league quarterback when the Rams acquired him. I think the only thing standing in his way has been he's, he's on the worst franchise. He was on the worst franchise in sports, and he got the crap kicked out of him his whole career in Detroit. He got the crap kicked out of him this year with the Rams. It's not like their line has been especially good. The guy takes hits after the play, you know, in the Niners game that aren't called for whatever reason. I don't know. Early in the game that Fred Warner basically headbutting him from behind and pushing him to the ground doesn't get called. Like if that happened to Tom Brady, I know it's the old example, but it's like that thing is called every single time. And he's just tough. He's resilient. I'm going to get on my soapbox. He's, incredibly accurate. There's at least one throw every single game that he makes that it's one of those throws where it's like, if it's Mahomes, everyone's saying "Oh, only Mahomes can make that throw. It's like, no, Matt Stafford can make those throws too, and he proves it every single game. That third down throw to Cooper Cup when Cup zipped out for about 35 or 40 yards was one of the most impressive throws I think I've seen all playoffs. Just the timing of it, the placement, the velocity, just the ability that he has is the reason why you trade for him. And for all those people out there who said that that was a bad trade or said that you know when the Rams were in their rut, oh, Stafford's just basically a rich man's golf, and he's, you're, you're not going to get different outcomes. You're just going to get a little bit more flash or a little bit more sizzle. You were wrong. You were wrong. You've been wrong the whole time, and he's proven, he's proven you wrong now in the playoffs. And they've won three games against good teams, <clears throat> uh, one of which they were underdogs in. The other two were very uh, close point spreads, and Stafford has played well objectively in all three games. The biggest criticism I would have of him is the dropped interception by Tart, which was his worst play of the playoffs, and I will be the first person to admit that, but other than that, this guy has been absolutely nails, and the trade is absolutely justified right now, and I, I don't want to give too much away for the preview, but I have the utmost confidence that the Rams are going to be able to take care of business in the Super Bowl, because this team was built for this moment, and... I think that they're exactly where they should be and want to be and know they are, you know they know who they are. So, and Stafford gives them that confidence, I think. So,
0: yeah, I think too I think Lee, you know, just to put a bow on on our our Stafford analysis this whole time. I don't think, you know, either of us have ever called him a guy maybe even on like a Mahomes level or a Rodgers level not. or a Brady level. Like no matter who you put around him, he's going to get you to the playoffs because clearly that didn't happen in Detroit. But to me, it was always a thing of man. If you build a great team around him and get a good coaching staff around him, like you're gonna be able to have special seasons, and that's clearly played itself out this year to the point that I, he's obviously in you know that top ten, top eight conversation of yeah. guys every single year. That if he stays healthy, you know, and you keep him on a team like the Rams and, and keep a guy like McVeigh and everything going on around him, and even look at the way that he, you know. Elevates other players. I mean, we always thought Cooper Cup was a, a good player, but Stafford comes in and all of a sudden Cup is you know a top having one of the best receivers receiving seasons of all time, yeah. right? So, so not only is now OBJ too. Draft that, I mean, OBJ, OBJ looks, looks incredible. Too. This is the best yeah. OBJ's
2: looked since he was on the Giants.
0: So it's like you use those two draft picks, right? And people are like, oh, you're just upgrading one position with two picks. It's like, no, it, it upgrades more than that, right? Because it's the quarterback position. So yeah, um, that's that's another aspect of it, too, that I just think is important. to.
2: Promote. I also want to add on, too, maybe the Tart interception was a little bit easier, but that Ben Skoronik drop in the first half, too, was an incredible ball that Squaronic should be catching. If you're an NFL receiver, you have to make that catch. I know it's over the shoulder. And it's like you're, you're running full speed, but that thing hit you straight in the hands. You've got to be able to come down with that. So a lot of people are going to talk about the pick. There's also other drops in that game. Cup had one, too, where, you know, you got to be catching those balls. Um, but, yeah, really impressed with what Stafford did. And, and outside of Brady, Rodgers, uh, you know, Wilson, Mahomes, and, you know, the, the superstars, he's right there, in my opinion. If you're talking one season, I'm taking him over Herbert. If you're talking one season, I'm taking him over I take Kyler Murray. I would consider I'd taking him over, over Wilson. Wilson I would consider taking him over Russell Wilson too. I mean I think that's a kind of a an interesting argument but I'm just saying that the man deserves this this level of respect and I think he's finally going to start to get it. Um obviously a lot depends on the outcome of the Super Bowl but the fact that they're there and how he's played I think speaks for itself.
0: The Super Bowl for him is is a gold jacket game. If he wins the Super Bowl he he's in the Hall of Fame.
2: 100%. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um I completely agree. Anyways,
0: uh I did I did quickly too want to discuss uh silent reflection uh coming up yep. coming up next week. I was I was trying to think Lee was was the silent reflection I was trying to think like was it born in in the Highlander newsroom? Was, um, was it was it a later uh invention?
2: I think it was a little bit later because yeah. I think I
1: I'm trying to think of what my first one was, my was first it, reflection. Was it not when I the our first year in no, Chicago?
2: No, it was your first reflection was um, Patriots-Falcons, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Because too, I, didn't I didn't
2: reflect. I didn't reflect during that game. I reflected the next year, which I'm pretty sure was Patriots-Rams. Or no. Pats-Eagles. Your, that was your first reflection. Pats-Eagles. Oh, Pats-Rams. Pats-Eagles. Pats-Rams was my first reflection. Yeah. Pats-Eagles
1: re- yeah. was our first year in Chicago. Well,
2: my first year in Chicago was yeah. Pats-Falcons. Yeah, the the Pat Eagles was when I was abroad. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, the Rams. Um, yeah, that was my first reflection.
0: Anyways, I've I have a theme for my reflection this year. Um, it's it, my my reflection is to be called more less. More or less. So I'm gonna be l- looking at ways, you know, maybe just to sim- simplify. Sim- simplify.
1: Yeah.
2: Interesting.
0: Interesting. Yeah, more or less.
1: I like that. Can you expound on yep. that a little bit, Adam? What do you mean, simplify? Just like. The reflection or, or your life or... or, or, or Just my life, you life, know, right? or,
0: you know, do, doing more with less, um, focusing on, on what makes me happy.
1: Yep. Mm. Critical.
0: Yep. Critical. And uh, I also will say I will I will be um, to to the letter of, of the law. It'll be silent. Last year, I did a little prophecies, Philip glass. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the past, I've, I've maybe dialed up a little pyramids mm-hmm. uh, by Frank Ocean, you know, obviously respectable song choices, but uh, I will be embracing the silent aspect of, the, of this, this year's reflection.
2: Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I'm not even quite sure where I'm going to be watching the game. Um, one thing I can guarantee is wherever I am, I'll find a quiet place to reflect for, for the half.
0: If needed to, uh, you know, a walk is acceptable. A yeah. walk
2: is, a, is always acceptable. It's
0: and I, always acceptable.
1: And, and I think I might be popping my cherry this year. Great to hear. I think I might be. Or actually, you know what? Uh, 49ers Chiefs. We went out with Tom. And we did it, go for a walk. Yeah, we we with Tom. did go. We did. Okay, we went for a walk with Tom, and we talked about his relationship with his then girlfriend. Yeah. Um, so just I don't know if that counts Murray as Man. a silent re- three reflection. Men walking about. through
2: the streets of Birmingham, Michigan, talking about talking about women.
1: A lot of a lot of our father. <laughs>
2: a tale time. A, a
1: lot of a lot of our a lot of clips of our father just kind of being at a loss for words and, and not really knowing yeah. where to go necessarily. But he's in a better place now. Hey, yeah, you, you know the confusion doesn't stop with
2: age, you know, it's a, it's a daily <laughs> battle. So yeah, just remember that.
0: Um, Brady, any thoughts on Brady boys? I did want to say just, you know, uh, Tom Brady is kind of the last, I would say Rodgers is, is in there. Although I remember, you know, obviously the first couple of years of my life were, were far, but he was one of the, the, he's one of the least last guys that is like as long as I've been watching football, they've been apparent um, with him and and Ben Roethlisberger hanging it up this year. Um, first Super Bowl I ever watched was was Panthers Patriots, oh, yeah. so um, you know Brady just has always been uh, in the in my mind at least as a as a quarterback and even just thinking about too his career where you you win those three Super Bowls early on, then you lose to the Giants twice, and then. They weren't back in another Super Bowl for, you know, a good amount of time there, and then they get back and they finally beat the Seahawks uh, in that in the miraculous way that they did, and then they beat the the Falcons and they beat the Rams, um, and then obviously lose lose to the uh, Eagles in between those years. But but three straight Super Bowl appearances to kind of end his time with New England, kind of just a tale of two. Two halves, almost with him. Mm. I mean, even if he retired before that second run, uh, he would have been uh, a Hall of Famer, obviously. But I feel like that that second aspect of his career, his 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 Act Two, if you'll say, and then obviously the Act Three in in Tampa, almost uh, solidified his his status as the uh, best player in NFL history up to this point.
2: Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I think that he's the most he's the most accomplished. Competitor in the history of team sports, and I think that he's a legend, obviously. And uh, outside of my, I think him and Michael Jordan are essentially in a category of their own, um, yeah. as two guys who not only dominated their game but almost redefined what it means to be great. Yeah. Um, and that that is something that can't be understated. Um, it's almost like I don't have anything to say about it other than that, you know, that's basically it and the guy probably could keep playing for another four or five years and at a really high level, I mean he's retiring at what, 40 45 years old?
1: 44 44
2: years old and he was probably second in MVP voting this year had an incredible year, showed no signs of, honestly he. it seemed like he was almost even getting better, um, so just an awesome career and
1: Sad man, we're getting yeah. old, you know, we're getting yeah. old. Self selfishly I'm I'm I want him to keep playing and I'm sad and I mean we started off last week's podcast, Club, you gave us the Rogers Brady and I said there was no chance he was retiring and here we are a week later, uh with reality hitting me in the face. Um yeah, I mean I am I'm I'm sad to watch him go, mainly because of what Lee said is because I wanted to keep I wanted to continue watch, watching him fight Father Time and just defy everything and playing at the level that he was playing at and um you know obviously the Rams game they were outplayed that game and really probably didn't deserve to have the finish they did but they ultimately did and he was that close to playing in another NFC championship uh for a chance to go to a Super Bowl again so selfishly i really wanted to see him continue to compete because he makes this he makes the league great and um Clep, I think you bring up a good point with Rogers. But, but you know, now it's it's the new generation. It's it's our generation of quarterbacks. It's it's the Mahomes, it's the uh Kyler's, the Herbert, the Burrow, the, you know, the the this uh, the class that just came in with Lawrence, Wilson, Lance, and Fields. Um so I, I do ultimately believe it's bittersweet because I think the NFL is in good hands. Um but you know, it is, it's, it's part, you know, partly sadness over, over your aging. And it feel. it kind of feels like, you know, my, like you said, Adam, like we, I grew up, he has always been a part of the NFL, man. I remember a little, just a little quick anecdote, uh, I's cousin, uh, was one of many, I'm sure who, who dated Tom Brady for a brief time in Ann Arbor, um, uh, in the, in the, in the late nineties, early two thousands. And I remember, I have a vivid memory of being over at my my now roommate Nico DeCardenas's house when we were probably 8 or 9 years old and I hated Tom Brady. I hated Tom Brady so much when I was when I was a young kid um for whatever reason just like I hated Steve Nash, two guys that I I really despised uh, as a, as a young sports fan and and then grew to love uh, ultimately, but I I remember saying, you know, I wish I could go back in time and and break and, and you know, Terry Brady's knees. Terry Brady's knees with uh <laughs> with uh my you know when my cousin I was dating think him this was going in that direction <laughs> yeah, yeah hey, you know, but it, it just goes to show you that uh he was he was you know he played he played a big part in my uh my, introdu- in my introduction to football and it's just been a joy you know with my relationship with him as he was the face of the patriots dynasty the only you know the, the, the best team for my youth and then i grew to ev- eventually really respect him and and end up rooting for him. You know, I rooted for him against the Falcons and the Seahawks and, and even the Eagles, even though they were – I just – I love seeing uh, them win um, and, and him win, and I, I thought it was so special, and I knew that I was watching greatness. So, um, yeah, ultimately it, it is really bittersweet, but I'm I'm glad that, you know, obviously he's in a position where he feels like he's ready to walk away from the game. Uh, and you know, I am still holding out a little bit of hope that he comes back in a year or two with a new team maybe and uh gives it another world, but that's probably just a, a, a fantasy.
0: Yeah, I find that unlikely. Even, you know, it, it's just but like you said, Tommy, guys like Ben, Peyton, Breeze, Eli even, Rivers, yeah. you know, Rivers, they all they all felt you know, you all saw them fall off. Yep. And Brady only just only got better, it seemed like. So I'm um, just uh, crazy that it's uh, that it's over. I'm 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 relieved. I'm ready to see him go. It was
2: time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't. You are right though. Rogers really is the last one. Uh, yeah. He's the last one of that of that era, and we can only hope that we'll have a similar experience with these new uh, young guns. You know, I failed to mention Lamar and. Deshaun, if he ever plays again, but the, the the NFL is is in good hands. You'd like to think.
0: And it's just crazy too, thinking about how the game has gone in the direction of having these quarterbacks who are mobile and can do stuff with their legs. And Brady's just always been the, the pure pocket guy, and it's and it's just worked for generations. So uh, just will be crazy to see, you know, if, if there's ever one like him again uh, with the way that the league is is going.
2: Yep. it's gonna have
0: um, to be yeah. like you know, I guess Burrow. You know, would would be of that category. Burrow bros pretty. I mean, I think Burrow's more mobile than Brady is. There's
1: mm-hmm.
0: Brady's a Brady's good moving around in the pocket, but
1: hey, might be Carson he's
0: strong.
2: A, he's a statue. Could be. I think that's unfair. <laughs> it I might think be that's Carson strong. strong. Oh, I'm <laughs> just saying. Unfair. Hey, lack lack of mobility. Babe. I don't think we're gonna see another Tom Brady in our lifetime, and I think that that's okay. Yeah, I think that's part yep. of what makes his legacy so great, and that's. Uh, if we do, we'll be very lucky and fortunate, and that will. I think it's very unlikely that we're going to get a guy like that um, to come through to come through the NFL again.
0: Any, uh, all right, boys. Any other uh, any other topics of, of discussion we want to bring up? Any a dabble, Lee? Yeah, or, I mean, your, uh, big dabble call. I, uh,
2: I Adam Schefter has nothing on me because I <laughs> announced that dabble officially was going to be hired as the coach a few days before he did. Um, we'll see what happens with the Giants I mean you know I'm not holding my breath I think that uh, it was a good hire and I'm happy to I'm see I'm just happy
0: he didn't end up in Chicago happy to
2: see him getting a head coaching job and uh, you know we'll see we'll see how the rest of this head coaching cycle plays out I think there's good. been some interesting hires to start and uh, looking forward to see what all is going to happen might, might have to fire up an emergency uh, podcast if uh, old Jim Harbaugh leaves leaves the doors of Shenbuchley yep. Hall in Ann Arbor, and, and heads up to Minneapolis or wherever the heck he may go. Um,
0: that's where it's looking at this point because Josh McDaniels went to yeah, Vegas. Yeah, might might,
2: might, be, might be panic mode time in in, uh, in LA too. I, I don't think, know. Wh-
0: why, why do you think he'd want to go to Minnesota?
2: Um, because he's like, that's such a uh, that's a strange. Who knows? Like, I it's feel like he wants he, to coach in the NFL.
0: Yeah, I but I at the same time I feel like you could just wait till next year at this point like you know i don't feel also, like the nfl opportunities are going to go away if he wants them yeah and i don't see what's in minnesota that's super attractive right now
1: i completely agree adam and also i mean lee's obviously the our uh, our big blue insider you know i don't know i guess big blue's the giants but he's our he's our michigan insider both um, both at this point yeah exactly yeah. but it, it you know it seems like you know to, to convert to the once uh, taboo topic of college football here on the back, Judge. It seems like Michigan is really starting to get its sea legs under them and, and really you know, is, is going to be competing for. I know a lot of people think that Ohio State is here to stay, but it seems like Michigan has really kind of found their identity and their footing and could potentially build on some momentum here uh, going forward. So uh, I completely agree with you, Adam. I mean, why Minnesota? Why, you know? Yeah, I don't. I don't want to make it seem like I get it. I don't get it. it. Doesn't make sense
2: to yeah. me. The fact that I think the fact that he is even interviewing for the job is disingenuous. I don't think he should be interviewing.
1: And, What's and the, the fact point? that they're flying him out on National Signing Day, which is like yeah.
2: I think he might just be burnt out on recruiting. He might feel like, hey, I achieved what I wanted to achieve at Michigan. Uh, you know, we went to. You know, we went, to, we went to the playoff with all this NIL stuff rolling out. I don't know if he thinks maybe, hey, you know, I, I don't know if I can compete with the Alabamas, Georgia's, Texas A&M's of the world, Ohio State's of the world. I think that this is kind of what Michigan is, and uh, I helped actualize that vision. And now I want to, you know, I'm not getting any younger, and I want to go coach in the NFL and see if I can't go complete my legacy by winning a Super Bowl, which is something that, you know, I did everything but do when I was in the NFL. That would be the only, you know – Uh, Thing I would say. I don't know. I don't think his wife is thrilled with Ann Arbor. I think that those have been kind of rumors that I've read about. Uh, I don't know how much. Is she psyched about the move to Minneapolis? I mean, I don't know how much different it is. I think Ann Arbor is a pretty good city. Um, And that's coming from a libertarian, you know. Uh, I still, I still think that Ann Arbor is a cool place, and uh, I, I, yeah, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm a little disappointed about it. He also would be completely screwing Michigan over from a coaching standpoint, like who, who's available to hire and all that kind of stuff. He'd be putting some pressure on Ward Manuel to make, make a, a big decision. So, would I don't. They know.
0: just like maybe like promote Gaddis and then yeah, like reevaluate? I, I
2: don't think that I don't think that Gaddis is
1: head coach material. Um. But you know, I don't. I don't. And they just don't lost know. Mike McDonald to the. It seems like McDonald would kind of be like the logical. Yeah. You know, in house. Uh, hey, maybe Mike Hart. Maybe they get a ball swing ball or, at yeah. Mike Hart. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, maybe it's maybe it's Flores, man. Maybe Har- Harbaugh comes in and Flores yeah. burns down the NFL and goes straight to Michigan. Give him a ten-year deal. I think that'd be. Uh, that'd probably be I probably. wouldn't say you know, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind Brian Flores. You kidding me? That'd yeah. be awesome. So.
2: I don't know. I want Harvard to stay, but we'll see. I do
1: think I wanted to bring up as a as a separate conversation. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens with Tampa Bay, man. Like, yeah. who, who are they going to go after at quarterback? Uh, is 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 you know is Bruce Arians going to retire too? Like, is is Bruce Arians really going to sit through a, a probable rebuild with likely you know a Teddy Bridgewater or you know are are they going to re up on Jameis? Are they going to go back to the Jameis Winston experience? Jimmy. Yeah, maybe it's Garoppolo, but I know their caps is Kyle Trask? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's who, their, that's who their in-house option is right now. I know their cap situation is incredibly tight, but with Brady now retiring, that...
2: You know, I think Godwin's
1: gone. Yeah, well, I, I think Leftwich is going to be gone too, obviously, yeah. and maybe but, even... But uh, that goals. division, man, is, is up for the taking. That's another thing about Brady retiring too, is like Sean Payton obviously is out in New Orleans. They have a, a head coaching vacancy. The Panthers are in disarray, um, and then the Falcons, you know, are the Falcons. So, going to be really interesting to see kind of the landscape of that, uh, of that division. I still think the Buccaneers roster is so good
2: um, that they should be able to figure it out, and, you know, just getting a guy who can protect the football, and if Arian stays, I think they've got a good offensive mind there, and, you know, obviously Brady is incredible, but... I think that they can kind of save face a little bit and continue to compete at a pretty high level if they
1: uh, Yeah, especially with their defense. Get a, get a de-
2: yeah, their defense is is, is pretty this, good.
1: I mean, I feel like we've brought it up on a couple podcasts and, and it's a it's a very popular point. Um and I don't I don't really think it's that biased because obviously there's there's especially quarterback turnover every year with the draft free agency and trades, but this year is gonna be absolutely insane from you know, in terms of the NFL draft, where it seems like there's, you know, five. Everyone kind of has their own quarterback ranking, and you have to think that there's three or four guys that are going to go in the first round of the NFL draft, whether they deserve to or not, with all the openings and spaces. And then the Aaron Rodgers, the Russell Wilsons, the Deshaun Watsons, the Jimmy Garoppolo's. The list goes on and on. Um, Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr. You know, guys that we don't, you know, we don't even know who's going to get moved. What's Carolina going to do? You know Washington supposedly the football team is is gonna be making a big move um you know that's what the reports are so this 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 off season is gonna be incredibly incredibly intriguing um
0: especially with the quarterback class being very um yeah I don't want to yet call it underwhelming but at least um unpredictable it doesn't seem to yeah unpredictable and no one really knows who's gonna be considered the the top guy come come April at this point
1: yeah and I think. I mean, I just said that I think there's probably going to be three or four quarterbacks on the first round. Maybe, you know, who knows? There could be five. Like, I, I, I don't think there's such be, a demand. There's just – there's such a demand
2: that – I think there are too many obvious flaws this year with the top quarterback prospects
1: for there to be five taken in the first well, I'm just round. Th- I'm just thinking there's going to be teams that are going to miss out on the free agent slash trade cro- – It's not even free agent crop, the trade crop, who are just going to have to take a swing on a quarterback because – they don't really have a choice and you know I think you know the Lions could be one of those teams you know who knows yeah but I don't think I don't know the the Panthers the Broncos like it it all depends on where these chips fall but uh, I think it's 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 gonna make for a lot of interesting discourse and discussion the Saints as well
0: Yeah. yeah a lot of a lot of teams for for sure and uh even some, you know, like we said before, a lot of uh, head coach chips to, to still fall, right? I mean, the Texans haven't hired anyone, right? The the Saints yep. haven't hired anyone, the Jags haven't hired anyone, um,
1: Vikings, so Vikings haven't hired anyone. So still,
0: uh, still so a lot to be uh, decided.
1: I also uh, Lee and I were talking about this, and I think we kind of have a similar opinion. Um, don't the I think I from watching Hard Knocks, Eberflus seems like a really impressive guy. But if I'm a Bears fan, I'm uh, that's just kind of a questionable hire, just because it's like, what's what's your game plan with Fields and like who are you bringing in as an offensive coordinator? He seems to be a pretty you know strict, no nonsense defensive guy who seems to be like a, a good leader. But I just I'm kind of at a, a loss for words at like what the Bears are are doing. suppose everything on this new GM pulls from. From uh, Kansas City, sounds like he's a really bright um, dude who's going to do well in the draft and all that, but um, it kind of seems like, you know, I would just hate to see Justin Fields get left out to dry a little bit, and, you know, hopefully that's not the case uh, down in Chicago. I want to make another prediction. I want
2: to make another prophecy. Uh, My boy Kevin O'Connell is going to get hired by the Vikings as the head coach. They're not going to hire Jim Harbaugh. Because he's going to come in and, and spit all over himself in an in-person interview because he's he's weird and and, and uncomfortable, and Kevin O'Connell is going to get hired by the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, I think it has to be after the Super Bowl that it's announced, right? It can't be can it be before? Yeah. yeah so that's my take.
1: That's my boy. I think it can
0: be, but it it, it won't.
1: that's my boy KOC, yeah, so. and uh, he's going to get it done. Shout out the Jaguars for uh, wanting to interview Kevin O'Connell. But they didn't do it in like the first window, and now they have to wait till after the Super Bowl to to interview him. So that that uh, that that franchise might be too far gone. But Adrian Wilson is the new is Adrian Wilson the new GM? Yeah, is that, I like that a lot. I think that's that's awesome. I remember yeah, him as a player; he was really yep. good, great, great, strong safety, classic Madden eighty three overall. He was like and, an eighty seven one year. Yeah, he was. Wait, he built,
0: wait, of the of the Jags? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What happened to Trent Bulky? Well, I don't see this is he I
1: don't think it's, I don't think it's official yet. It's yes, not, it is. I don't know if it is. Yes, it is. Look up
2: Adrian Wilson, GM, Jags. Why would it not be
1: official? Because Leftwich was also like... Um, yeah, it's not, it's not official yet. He's still the vice president of pro scouting for the Cardinals. Um, I don't know what I'm talking about. No, I mean, you're right. That's
0: The rumor was that... Reports, Adrian Wilson said to become new Jaguars GM four days ago. That was four yeah. days ago. So now, th- one day ago, this in the stuff. Sports Business Journal, Jaguars GM Bulky r- remaining viewed as a holdup in coaching
1: search. Yeah, well, that's the they whole left which can't left which wants Bulky out, and Doug Peterson wants Doug Peterson was a was a candidate there and, and wants Bulky out. Everyone wants Bulky out. So, and and supposedly I read somewhere that Shad Khan just doesn't want to go through the the of looking for a GM. Uh, again, which is like a legitimate. Why does the owner? This is a kind of a segue. Why does he have any say? What?
2: Like, just give us your money and get out of the way. What does Shad Khan know about the game of football? What does Shad Khan know about whether? Like, are you kidding me, bro? Just like finance it. You're not. The, he's pro- That's probably the reason they're such a terrible franchise is because that guy's trying to make decisions, and the only thing that makes him qualified is the fact that he's worth however many million dollars. It's ridiculous. Billion. 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 Yeah. Ridiculous, yeah. <laughs> man. What do you know? You uh-huh. don't know anything. Kind of infuriating.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's that's what the Lions have dealt with, with the Ford family is, for years. It it's, what, it's what the Bengals dealt with for a very long time. Um, Mike Brown, though, did make some organizational changes, I think, recently. Um, it's what the Browns have dealt with, with the Haslam's. What Bears the have dealt with, the with. Davises, yep. Bears at the McCaskies, yep. So craziness. Um. Anything else, boys?
1: I just want to say uh, I'm. In, I I really am impressed by uh, the Vikings' new GM. I watched his press conference. Read up on him what a little it? bit. Uh, his name is Kwesi uh, uh, Mensa. He is. It's like Kwesi a uh, Adofu Mensa. It's a. It's an African name. Um. Princeton Stanford guy, went to Princeton uh, undergrad economics and then got his masters from Stanford in economics. Went and did options trading on Wall Street and then went and worked for the Niners before being a part of Andrew Berry's staff over with the Browns for the past couple of years and then uh, is now the the GM of the Vikings and seems like a a, a smart forward uh, forward thinking guy and a lot of people are high on the you know polls for the GM from from Kansas City so. That's why he's going to hire Kevin O'Connell. Yeah, because he's too smart
2: to hire Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh is going to have stinky sandwich breath in the in the interview, and uh, he's not going to get the job. <laughs>
0: the, is Bienni going to go
2: anywhere? Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. I think the Bienni ship has kind of sailed. There's there's got to be some you know, there's got to be some uh, you know, there's a, there's a there's a term I could probably use, but something they they all know no, they that we don't, and there is some history there this, with. You know, uns- the stepbrother's situation. Him doing unsatisfactory things. Also, you know, Andy Reid, I think, kind of steers the ship there in terms of play calling. But I don't know. I think the guy should be getting job offers. But he's turned down a few college offers, too. And I don't know. Maybe that's just
1: going to be a slow burn and he'll end up getting a job in a couple of years. Who knows? Um, What are the chances that right now that Jared Goff is a starting quarterback for the Lions week one?
2: 70%? Yeah. I was going to say 20, 20%. Wow, it has to be really? it
1: has to be over 50, I think.
2: Uh, I think it'll be I think it's 20. I think it's 20. You,
1: what are the what are the chances that he's on the
2: roster? I think he'll be one. on the roster, but I think that the Lions are going to draft a quarterback in the first round, whether it be with the second pick or the whatever. 20. And they're going to start him, you think. Yeah. I think there's no reason to not This is the whole Davis Mills conversation I had. It's not like you're the 49ers and you're good and you have yeah. like there's literally no reason to not start him like the Bears should have started Justin Fields from week one the the if the Lions draft a quarterback they should start him and it's also like the Lions offensive line is the best asset on their team so it's not like you have some excuse where it's like oh we don't want to get him hurt like if you draft Carson Strong this is my dream with the 30 with the 32nd pick in the draft because the Rams are going to win the Super Bowl and obviously the Lions traded for that pick of course they they get the 32nd pick if you draft Carson Strong with a 32nd pick, there's a hundred percent chance he's starting Week One in my mind. There's a hundred percent chance. There's no reason to sit him and to play Jared Goff. The the you know, the book is out on Jared Goff. There's a certain yeah. I think
0: it's one of those Lee, it's one of those situations where where logically I am in lockstep with you. Yeah. However, to um, yeah. so whether or not the organization is in lockstep with us, which uh, has not been the case uh, through the last two, uh, I mean. From, not even, even with Brad Holmes. I'm in the case yeah, ever. So, yeah, hasn't really ever been the case. Ever, so ever. hypothetically, we, and we can wrap. What's what's say you? What say you, Tommy?
1: I think he, I think he's gonna be the starter. I I I, I mean, I was just gonna yeah. throw this hypothetical at you guys. I mean, is it bad if the Lions keep golf, continue to build a roster, and and pretty much yes. you know play for back be- yes. for Bryce yes. Young next year? Yes. Oh,
2: that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. I would be you're you're infuriated if that happened. I think they'll win more games next
0: year. I think they will too. Like even if they have
2: Goff. I'm convinced Goff won't be their um, quarterback. Maybe I'm an idiot. I'm convinced he won't be. I think I, I I'm going to be yeah. in I'm going to be in the mirror room like no other if Jared Goff's a quarterback for the Lions next year. Like I don't know how I'm going to receive that. I also that. think
0: Tommy, I mean there's a situation where it's like I I, I know this isn't I don't know, maybe this isn't the best way to go about it, but, like, what's a, you know, like, what with what Lee was saying, like, what's so bad about getting Carson strong and then just, like, I, and then even taking a guy at the top of the draft next year. Yeah, like I'd I, rather do that than, totally. bring, than roll it back with Goff or even, like, you know, you know the, the Mond hypothetical, like, take the guy in the third round, like, Mond or Mills yep. and just see what happens and then go from there.
1: Yeah, I, can, I completely agree with you guys. I just think this takes us back to the conversations we were having a year ago. You know, why, again, they're... they're it's more like a Holmes conversation. It, it is a Holmes conversation. It's like they didn't draft a quarterback last year. They could have had Fields or Mac Jones. Um, well, I, can,
0: I can bring this in. I mean, did you guys listen to, to the old free solo yet? No, I haven't. Yeah. So, I mean, this is, this is my big concern with, with the team right now is that they don't have an offensive coordinator right now and the the prevailing rumor amongst the writers on the team for the articles I read is that they're going to hire from within and they're going to promote the tight ends coach to like OC and then Dan Campbell is going to stay as like the play caller yeah. and I just don't see how you know even say I don't you know I haven't watched any Carson Strong or whatever but all these quarterbacks are somewhat developmental projects it seems like even a guy like last year, like Trevor Lawrence, was still like a guy who needed to be developed. Like these rookies don't come into the league ready to go, and I don't see the Lions as having like the proper infrastructure to to develop a quarterback. I
2: disagree. Be- I think Dan Campbell is a really good play caller. I think he proved that this year, and I think oh, I I, I think that no. I think that uh, if they brought Carson Strong in, that they would they would absolutely have the tools to develop. I don't
0: think I don't think the play calling. Uh, It got better over the course of the year, but it wasn't, like, good. And then I also don't think... It was also his first year calling plays. I know. I understand that. But, like, but also, like, what is, like, the only really, like, the only offensive mind quote-unquote, that I see in the building is, like, Mark Brunel from, like, a quarterback standpoint.
1: Is Mark Brunel the QB coach?
0: Yeah. Yes. You're leaving Mark Brunel to, like, develop, like, if you draft Malik Willis... Like, is Mark Brunel going to be the guy, like, in charge of making sure Malik Willis is, like, good?
2: I mean, that's a specific hypothetical because I, I don't know who could really develop Malik Willis the right way. Carson
1: Strong, I, I mean, I think... I, I... I think
2: Mark Brunel could develop Carson Strong and Dan Campbell could, like, calling place. I don't think it's, like, a, like a completely asinine thing to expect. Shane Steichen's don't grow on trees, all right? You can't just fucking go out and grab some guy who's going to be, you know, a great young whiz offensive coordinator. I don't know. I mean, I think that they obviously should do their due diligence and see if there's anyone out there who they think is, you know, going to be a positive addition to their brain trust offensively. But if they can't do that, I don't think that it's, you know, time to hit the panic button because Dan Campbell's going to be calling plays. You know, I just just don't think that. I'm happy Anthony Lynn's out of the building. I'm glad that he's not a part of the equation anymore. I think that they've – had a massive upgrade from him, and I think we go from here. And if Dan Campbell calls plays, it's, again, they're playing with house money. They have draft picks. They have, there's no real expectations this next year except for don't embarrass yourself and improve upon last year, which is play hard, play tough, and, and win four, five, six games. So if Dan Campbell – like I don't think it's the worst situation in the world if he's calling plays and then maybe next off offseason Detroit's an even more – kind of alluring offensive coordinator job because for two years in a row now, they've played hard, they've got good young players, and now they need an offensive coordinator. You know, I don't know. I don't are think you? it all needs to happen right now.
1: So Carson Strong is your number one quarterback right now, right? Yes.
2: Carson is Strong you? and Sam Howell are the only two quarterbacks i take in the first round in so this draft. you
1: if if the Lions, let's say the Lions have, Car- they, they draft Carson Strong with a 32nd pick, and, you know, they win anywhere from... They basically have a carbon copy season in some ways. How many games did the Lions win this year? Four?
2: Four, I think, right? Yeah, they were four, four 12, and one, right, Adam?
0: The Lions? Yeah. They were uh, three. They three. Three. Three? Three, three, and one. So they good. beat the Packers, the Cardinals, and the Vikings. So okay. let's
1: say they win anywhere from, from three to six games, and you have Carson Strong, and they're picking you know anywhere from like one to, to five. Um, do you go out and take Bryce Young or whoever the consensus number one quarterback is in 2023? Well, I I think that's like a huge hypothetical. I think it would all really
2: kind of depend on how strong played, and that's also like a really good problem to have, I think. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think if strong played well, that they would win more than four or five games um, and they wouldn't be picking in the top five. If he didn't play very well, maybe he shows a little bit of promise, shows a little bit, then you're probably picking top five. And, hey, if you see a quarterback who you think could be a superstar, you take him. You know? Well,
1: think about how well a quarterback, like where the Lions are right now, how well a cor- rookie quarterback would have to play for them to win over six games. And I think that there's a lot wins. of
2: team building to be done, man. I, I, I just don't think that. I think that's such a – it's a silly thing to be, be you know talking about now because I don't know who even are going to be the playmakers on this team opening day next year. I don't know what guys are going to go after in free agency. I don't know who they're going to get in the draft. I don't know who they could have possibly acquire. There's a lot of stuff that can happen between February 1st and, you know, August 31st that we are not accounting for. So I think it's just kind of like we're playing this hypothetical game of like how good would he have to be with the roster now? Like, yeah, I don't know. I also expect them to draft like good players on offense because they desperately need good players on offense. So I think the team could be better than you know, the team should be better from a talent standpoint next year than they were this year. That is not, I don't think that's a very controversial thing to say. They're like, it's year two of the rebuild. They had some good young players last year. They're going to draft more good young players. They have three picks in the top 34 of the draft. Like they, they should be. And able they have to, an extra third too. They have an extra third. They've got like a lot of picks. Holmes said he wants to spend money in the free agency or whatever, something along those lines. Not that I necessarily agree with it, but it's like they could bring guys in the free agency. I have no idea. But I think that their receiving corps, I think I expect wholeheartedly to be better like than, than yeah. it was last year. And that's the starting point for me off that, when it comes to the offense and what a quarterback can or cannot do from a wins and loss standpoint. Um, so I think that all kind of remains to be seen, and this is conversations we're going to have to continue to have throughout you know, uh, February and March and into into April here. And this is what makes draft season so exciting is, you know, what direction are they going to go? And if they do get Carson Strong, who are they going to put around him? Are they going to set him up for success or, or are they going to kind of stick him out there and with Amon Ross St. Brown and draft a bunch of defensive guys? I don't know. We'll yeah. see. Um, if they have the same offense this year, then he's going to have to play phenomenally well for them to win six games. I will grant yeah. you that. But I think that they're going to have a few yeah. more playmakers than uh, maybe we assume. Alrighty.
0: Cool. Tight. Sixty. All right. Tight. Tight. Fifty-eight.
1: You stay scheming.